are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Lockdown Brewers, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network, where we talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. And joining me is my co-host, Vinny Rotino. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Rotino and catch him on the pre- and post-game show for Valley Sports Wisconsin. Also, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers and subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, with the rainout on Tuesday, we're going to be discussing mostly the Rowdy Telez trade. I think there's a lot of things to come out of that trade that are worth talking about and discussing. We'll also um, field some of your questions from Twitter and talk about the doubleheader on Wednesday with the New York Mets. Before we do that, let me remind you this episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. And download the Spotify Green Room app and join me the next time I go live to get in on the action. You can follow me on the Spotify Green Room app at Shortstop Ball to be notified when I go live. I will likely try to go live during the afternoon game on Wednesday if I can. I'll be talking about the game, uh, which will hopefully be a Burns Degrom matchup as well as the Rowdy Telez trade. So uh, if you're available during the afternoon, um, then jump on there and that will be a good conversation to have. But let's get into this trade with the Blue Jays. Um, I mean, I guess my well, let me let me lay out the trade first, and then we'll we'll discuss it. The Brewers trade right-handed pitcher Trevor Richards, who they had just acquired from the Rays in the Willie Adamas deal, as well as right-handed pitching prospect Bowden Francis for first baseman Rowdy Telez. Um, and what I was going to say a second ago is the first thing that jumps out to me is that this is going to be a busy trade deadline for the Brewers and Stearns in the front office. I don't think they're going to be sitting on their hands here. I think, um, you know, how well this team is playing. They see opportunity to not only win the division and win it, you know, handedly, but they also see the opportunity to make some noise with this young pitching staff in the postseason if they can just supplant the offense with a little bit of help, which we've talked about for a while now. So um, I, I don't think that's what this trade necessarily is. I don't expect Telez to be the big difference maker in the lineup. I think he's more so just an insurance policy for Daniel Vogelbach going down as well as Keston Hira, maybe not performing uh, as well. Uh, but still, I, I think it's going to be a, bit, a very busy trade season for the Brewers. I think Stearns and company is going to be very active as they try to build not just an NL Central winner, Vinny, but also a postseason contender. Um, I think this trade is a testament to the um, needing to really solidify a playoff spot. I, I, I think um, and then seeing what they can get out of Roddy Telez, I think this this kid has some ability to really produce at the major league level. He's got all the tools. He's got hand speed. He's got a good swing. He doesn't strike out a ton. There's not a ton of swing and miss there in his game. So I think the Brewers have proven that they can kind of tap into some of these guys. I mean, see Willie Adamas, uh, what he has turned into. Um, 
see Omar Narvaez and kind of his bounce back season. So, I mean, I think they've shown some ability to kind of tap into some, um, some of, you know, get to some guy's ceiling. So if this kid gets to his ceiling, I mean, you could have, you know, not necessarily a, like a, a super, you know, impact type bat, but he's going to be definitely valuable. I scouted this kid a bunch. Um, but I, I do think they're, I mean, look, I mean, they won 20, they played, they played the, the Rockies, the Pirates and the Diamondbacks 23 times since May 22nd. They won 18 of those games. Those three teams have a winning percentage of 354, right? So, I mean, they're looking at their schedule, I think, and they're seeing that the Reds are a formidable contender and they're seeing that they're six games back and they play that team seven times after they they get done with the Mets here. So I do think that there's some concern as to, you know, and council has alluded to this, nothing has been decided, nothing is finished. Six game lead is nice, but you got to get into the playoffs first. So, I do think there's a contingency here, like you said, like you mentioned about the fact that they're not real confident that Keston Hira is back. Um, and, um, I, you know, uh, they've done a great job. Stearns and Matt Arnold and company, they've done a great job with, solid, you know, with, with finding contingencies to their plans. And, and Rowdy Telez is just that, I think. And then, you know, he could end up be, becoming a, a, a real nice piece down the road, um, Again, I think they're going to have to tap into something, and I think Andy Haynes is going to be the guy to do that. Um, so I, I, I do like this move. Um, and, yeah, I think eventually, you know, obviously the goal is to win the World Series. So uh, I think they're just adding pieces. And, uh, yeah, I agree. They're going to continue to add pieces during this trade uh, part of the season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, Telez is essentially Daniel Vogelbach without the plate discipline. Um, Vogelbach walks a ton more. Not that Telez is terrible at that. Vogelbach's just really good at it. Uh, Telez is a couple of years younger. He may be a slightly better defender at first base than Vogelbach, but certainly not a, a gold glover over there. Uh, Telez is under team control for three more seasons through arbitration. Uh, and one thing is big that um, they mentioned about the trade is that Telez has one uh, minor league option left. And that's pretty. That's a pretty big deal right now, uh, because the Brewers have the you know ability if they needed to to send him down if he were struggling or if Keston got hot or whenever Vogelbach comes back, um, they have the you know ability to be able to option Telez out without losing him. So I think that uh, is a big part of this trade that maybe goes unnoticed a little bit. Uh, but for me, Telez is more of just a backup for Bogobach if he's not able to come back from this injury um, this year. Uh, part of it too is, I mean, they needed an, a big lefty bat. I mean, it's something I talked about before the season started. This lineup's very right-handed heavy. Um, they need a big lefty bat at one of the corner field spots. I think that's why Bogobach stuck around um, as long as he has, and, and he's been very good. He certainly earned that, but uh, I think that definitely played a part of this too, getting to less somebody with some left-handed pop. So uh, to me, I, again, I, I don't see this as a, as a trade that they're hoping he's suddenly going to become a, you know, an all-star caliber first baseman. I think this is more of a, a depth move um, than anything right now. I still hope there's a bigger trade coming at, at one of the corner infield spots. I think, and you touched on it, for a second, Vinny, I want to get into it a little bit more is what does this mean for Keston Hira going forward? You know, I know 
been a year a believer in, in the comeback for Keston. And I, again, I've always been, you know, a big fan of his. I think he has the ability to be a, a very good major league player, but uh, I mean, to go out and make this trade, I mean, that essentially demotes Keston. I know they said he's still going to play, you know, in spurts, but to me, this sounds like, you know, they're, they're gearing up for, again, them not believing in him bouncing back and the possibility of him being relegated more to the bench and perhaps being even demoted again. I, I think he was forced back up too soon because of the Vogelbach injury. I think the Brewers, you know, had it their way. He would have stayed down a lot longer. Maybe now this gives them ability to, to move him back down. I, I don't know. That seems a little bit more dangerous to send him down uh, for a third time, but um, I, I don't know. I, I'm really unclear what the future is for Kesson at this point, Benny. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Keston believer. I might be on an Island here. Um, I do think it's uh, a timing. It's a, it's a, he'll doubt himself at times. He'll take one swing and miss. And all of a sudden you start to see the wheels turn. I think that's a maturity experience thing. I think he is going to eventually snap out of that. Like I said, I talk about this a lot with Joey Gallo. It's a similar type of a profile where there's so much swing and miss at times but then when he times it up, it's really, really good. And you can carry a lineup. We've seen that from Joey Gallo over the last two, three years now. Um, so at the end of the day, um, I am a Keston here, a believer. I do think that this, um, this move, you know, it allows the Brewers to have some flexibility as to what to do with Keston. It doesn't they're contending for a playoff spot. They're contending for a world series, hopefully. Right. So they have to get production out of first base. If they get it from Keston, they're ecstatic. If they don't get it from Keston, they're going to get it from either Vogelbach or Rowdy Telez at some point, or even Travis Shaw. Right. So that again, the contingency plans that are in place, um, I, I think are smart to do. Um, I, I, there's too much talent in my opinion from Keston to not produce eventually at the big league level. Again, it's going to be on him to figure that out. They're just not going to be real patient this year with him um, to figure that out. They're going to probably continue. He's got options. He's going to continue to go up and down likely if he continues to be inconsistent. And um, I, I just think that that's the plan with this, with this deal. Yeah. And that's the thing for me too, with Keston is, you know, if you make this trade and you're going to make him a guy that gets, you know, two or three starts a week, I'd much rather have him down in AAA getting every day at bats. Uh, I get the point that they're not going to be patient with him, and it's hard to be when they, you know, are trying to get to the postseason. Like you said, they've gotten through an easy part of their schedule. It's going to pick up here at some point. Um, so you can't really wait for a guy to kind of figure it out. He's got to, you know, come up swinging, as he did when he came up this time. But as I mentioned on Tuesday's podcast, really – cooled off and then had just a disastrous day on Monday with the four strikeouts. Um, so I think this is a sign again, that the Brewers front office is just going to be very aggressive. Um, they're not going to be patient with some of these guys who aren't producing and they're going to look to replace them or at the very least get some insurance policies in case, you know, they're not producing. So I think that's what Telez is. I don't think Telez necessarily takes this offense to, another level um, per se, but I do think it is just kind of another insurance policy, both for Keston and if Vogelbach's not able to, 
to come back fully from his injury. Take a break, and I want to get to the other pieces of this trade, a very interesting trade, uh, which could start a domino effect of trades for the trade deadline. Like I said, I think a lot more coming from the Brewers on this one. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the Milwaukee Brewers or whatever your favorite team is. You got the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals right now. You can get in there and talk about that. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You'll have a chance to chat with me. I might even have a chance to be featured on the Locked On Brewers podcast through our Green Room conversations. Go download the free Spotify Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group of your choice for the latest league updates. Follow me at shortstopball to be notified when my room goes live. So, Benny, I want to talk about the other part of this trade, too. Obviously, Rowdy Telez is the uh, big name in this trade that the Brewers are getting, and I think there's a lot of fallout from that with Kesson Hira that we talked about. But <laughs> the Brewers also traded Trevor Richards. Um, you know, I was never a huge fan of. I know you were kind of liking on him a little bit. Uh, they also traded uh, Bowden Francis. Uh, Francis with a seventh-round pick in 2017. Uh, he has a 4.23 ERA across parts of four minor league seasons, had a 3.49 ERA in seven starts with AAA Nashville this year, striking out 39 batters in 38 and two-thirds innings. Uh, just seems like, you know, possible depth in the rotation piece, back of the rotation type guy there, you know, n- not a major prospect by any means, but they, they trade away some more middle relief. And, you know, in the trade for Adamas where they got Richards, you know, they trade away Rasmussen and Fire Eisen. Um, and we, we've talked a lot about the middle middle relief for the Brewers kind of being a, a weak point, even though they've been much better as of late. But now you lose Richards as well, Vinny. At some point, you got to start bringing in some guys for the middle relief. I think I think Brewers have proven that they've been able to find little diamonds in the rough, like Hunter Strickland they got basically for free. And then they got um, this kid named Jake Cousins who came out of basically off the street. You got Miggy Sanchez who also basically came off the street. Um, you got, you know, they got pieces down there. Uh, they still have Suter Boxberger, Devin Williams, and, um, and and obviously Josh Hader. So, you know, they ha- it was it went from a position of scarcity to a, p- a position of surplus. And um, I, I'm with you, though. I, I mean, I do like Trevor Richards, he's pitched a ton of meaningful innings for the Brewers this year so far. Um, and uh, he was kind of coming into his own. You know, it got, look, it got the deal done that they needed to get done. Um, I think it's a fair deal. I don't think anyone really won this trade. Um, but like I said, there's more upside to Rowdy Telez than there is upside to Trevor Richards. I think we were seeing the best version of Trevor Richards. Um, so look, you got to get, get, uh, give up something to get something. That's kind of what they did here. So I'm okay with, with it just because they did have so much depth all of a sudden in the relief core. Um, but I do think all to your point earlier about the trades, 
uh, and that we might be seeing a little bit of a frenzy uh, of, of trades coming soon. Um, I think they will. Stearns has proven that he will add to the middle relief. He will add to, you know, the relief pitching core eventually um, if the right deal presents itself at the trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think that's a good take on the trade overall, kind of a, a great way to cra- uh, cap the conversation because I do think the Brewers got the best part of this trade. I think Richards at best is a, you know, middle relief guy, sixth inning type guy in a low leverage spot. That's where I always viewed him. Um, perhaps he had the chance to be a seventh or eighth inning guy for a year or two, but I don't think he'll ever be much more than that. And I think Francis, as I mentioned, is probably just the depth rotation piece in back of the rotation. I think Telez, you know, has the ability to be a pretty solid first baseman. He hit 21 home runs in 2019 and just 111 games. Uh, he's really cut down on his strikeout percentage. He was around 28% his first two seasons in the big leagues. He was all the way down to 16% last year uh, and is around 22% this year. So that's uh, really, really good. Um, his, ex- his expected slugging on baseball savant is around uh, 450, 500. So that's, um, you know, that's really solid as well. So I think there is some some upside there with Telez, maybe a, a little bit of upside. Um but so, yeah, I think the Brewers overall did well in this trade. Like you said, I think Richards was expendable. I think they have other guys uh, in the bullpen that can can fill that role. Uh, again, like I said, they've been much better lately. You mentioned a lot of the guys who have stepped up there as of late. Uh, and, you know, having you mentioned Aaron Ashby, who will likely be part of the bullpen in the second half. Um, so, yeah, I think it's overall a, a really nice trade. And, again, like I mentioned, I think you're going to see a lot more moves from – Stearns and the staff going forward. Um, we'll come back. We'll take one of your questions, and then we're going to get into the doubleheader now on Wednesday um, between the Brewers and the Mets. show is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a fantastic-tasting protein bar, then look no further. Built Bar has a ton of flavors and a wide variety of flavors at that. It's not just your regular chocolate, chocolate chip, fudge, or cookies and cream which are still some of my favorites. They have a bunch of different flavors from coconut, almond toffee to mint, obviously peanut butter fudge, another one that I'm really enjoying, and dark chocolate raspberry. There's a ton of really interesting, really cool flavors you don't normally get in protein bars, something that's going to give you a very unique taste, something that tastes good as well. What I appreciate is they're not hard as a rock like a lot of the other protein bars out there, have the soft middle, so it's very easy to chew and get down. They're very tasty and they're great for you as well. Most of them only have about five net carbs. So whether you like to take them before workout, after workout as a meal replacement in the morning, or whether it's just a snack for you like they are for me, you can eat them anytime and they're packed with protein. I can't tell you enough how good they are, especially for a protein bar. So go to builtbar.com today, try a bunch of different flavors to figure out which ones are your favorites. Again, go to builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your next order. Again, just go to BillBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON15. So, Vinny, um, didn't have a ton of questions. Obviously, sent it out late after the um, game was postponed, but did have one from the other week that I wanted to get to leading up to the All-Star game. And this one comes from Michael Garfoot at MGAR Foot on Twitter. 
I said, question for you guys at Lockdown Brewers with All-Star Weekend coming up. I'm wondering if you can imagine this scenario, an MLB skill competition. Um, and that's that's very interesting. I'll be honest, Vinny, I don't I don't really watch All-Star Weekend a, a lot anymore. I, I don't know. I just I mean, the home run derby is kind of cool, but it seems like it lasts 10 hours and uh, I'm just kind of over it at, at the end and the all-star games, you know, you got players that are getting one at bat, a pitcher going a couple innings. I'm not really into the all-star game. Are you a big all-star game weekend kind of guy? I like the home run derby. Um, and I like the game. I do think um, it's not a must watch for me, uh, but I like it. I do like it. Um, as far as a skills competition, they did that in Korea when I was playing really? over in the K yeah, I was playing in the KBO and it was kind of funny because they actually had a bunting competition. I'm not kidding. Eh. <laughs> so that, that would be that would be terrible in major league baseball. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So the guy the best bunters in the league would get out there and try and bun it into a hula hoop or something. And they would get points for each one. Um but I'm you know that's a that's that's an interesting idea though a skills competition i guess i would have to kind of we'd have to kick around some ideas as to what that would be maybe and i think i think michael garfoot said that he you know maybe uh you know throwing a ball trying hitting a, a very small target from far away i think that's a, a decent idea problem is you don't want guys to kind of blow out their arms or whatever um i do think that that's probably where that would go like you know who can throw the hardest and someone would blow out or something yeah. um i just don't know what you know what you would do that would be entertaining in terms of skills competition i think the home run derby is cool because it's like okay let's get the biggest strongest uh guys and see how far they, they can hit it type of an idea i don't know any other but yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea. I think, I think you can probably come up with some, some uh, interesting thoughts there, but um, yeah, um, I do like the, I do like all-star weekend though, <laughs> so, to answer your question more directly. Yeah. I think a skills competition would be cool. I definitely would be intrigued by it. I don't know if it would all of a sudden make me a big all-star week kind of guy. Um, but I, I think about if you like, you know, put targets at the four corners of the strike zone and, you know, had pitchers try to dot it up, see how many times they could hit the target. I think they do something like that in hockey all-star weekend. Um, that's pretty cool. I think that would be interesting. Um, you know, maybe if you got guys clocked, you know, shortstops or whoever clocked on throwing balls from the hole um, might be kind of interesting to see uh, guys throwing the ball from the outfield to home, uh, stuff like that. Uh, guys who could beat the shift. I, I don't know. It, it's really hard to think of, think of really good, you know, baseball is just such an organic sport. It's really hard to, you know, replicate some of the things that, that are done during a game. I think that'd be hard to do in a skills type competition like that. You could do pop time for catchers throwing it down, but I don't know. I, I don't really think there's enough there to really have a, a skills competition type thing like other sports have. Uh, but it would be interesting if you come up with some good ideas. Let us know at Lockdown Brewers. Be interested to know what your thoughts are for some what some of the competitions would be. But I think it's like you said, Vinny. It's why I really don't care much about All Star Weekend anymore. It's really just a, a show, a celebration of the greatest players in the game, which is cool. 
but you mostly as a fan, you're just hoping your, your, your players get through that week without getting injured or anything like that. So, you know, it really takes away some of that for me because, you know, guys aren't really going their hardest during the game. And, um, you know, the home run derby is, is pretty cool. It's probably the best part of the, the all-star week other than the futures game. I do like the futures game because uh, those guys, you know, are trying, they're trying to make an impression. So that's always fun to watch, but uh, good question there from Michael. If you have good thoughts on what could be in the MLB skill competition, let us know at a locked on brewers. Um, moving to Wednesday's action. Today's game's got the double header between the brewers and the Mets starting at one o'clock central. The second game will be at six o'clock central. So it is a split double header, seven innings for both games. Um, right now on my MLB app, Vinny, it has Burns versus DeGrom in the first game. I don't know if that's official yet or not, but boy, would that be a lot of fun on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, I, I think that is official, and that is going to be a it's going to be a phenomenal matchup. I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to that game. DeGrom is doing things. I mean, we we were watching Burns do historic things. I mean, DeGrom is matching that and then some. I mean, the guy has a .54 whip, which is if that holds for the rest of the season. I mean, it shatters the single season record for whip. Um, so the guy just is so good. Um, 101 mile an hour fastballs. Looks like he's playing catch in the backyard with his, you know, kids. <laughs> and it's just so effortless and the ball just explodes out of his hand. Disappearing slider. Uh, he's got all the weapons. It's so impressive what he's doing. I actually will enjoy watching him pitch, even if he does mow down, mow down the Brewers. I mean, it's just something to behold the way that he goes about it. Um, best pitcher in the game. It's not close for me. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, then you have Burns, who has is also just one of the best pitchers in the game. I just think he's a tier below DeGrom. So it will be a, just a phenomenal matchup. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, DeGrom's up there in a stratosphere by himself right now, and Burns is definitely in that, that next group of pitchers there, along with Woodruff and some others. But yeah, if you're just a fan of the game and a fan of great pitching matchups, try to break away from work on Wednesday afternoon to watch that game. It's a, it's a seven-inning game, as all doubleheaders are this year. We could see complete games by both guys, and there may not be a lot of runs scored. So uh, make sure you make sure you tune into that one early. It could, could be a quick one. Um, Brett Anderson will go in the nightcap for the Brewers. The Mets have not announced their starter yet. It'd be Anderson's first game back uh, after being on the IL uh, for a couple of weeks. So we'll see how he does and how long he can go in that one. But hopefully Burns gives them a lot of length in the first game and they'll have everybody rested and ready to go. Hopefully the Brewers can sweep the doubleheader. That's hard to do. Uh, if they can, then they'll take this Mets series, which would be a pretty impressive feat. Uh, again, with DeGrom going on uh, in the afternoon game. That will do it for this episode of Lockdown Brewers. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers and follow me at ShortstopBall and Benny at Benny Retino. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Lockdown Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.